Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. With us today is Josh Burnoff. Josh has authored, co-authored, or ghostwritten eight business books. His latest, titled Build a Better Business Book, How to Plan, Write, and Promote a Book that Matters. He works closely with nonfiction authors as an advisor, coach, editor, or ghostwriter, and he has collaborated on more than 50 nonfiction books. He writes a blog post on topics of interest to authors every day at burnoff.com. That's B-E-R-N-O-F-F.com. His blog has generated 4 million views, and his tagline, which is perfect for Get Your Book Seen and Sold, is I Help Nonfiction Authors Succeed. You can find him at burnoff.com. Thanks, Josh, for being with us. Hi, it's great to be on here with you. So I saw your interview with Dan, and I'm going to mess up this name, Pontefract. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? And as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking to myself, oh, I, we are on the same page. This man gets it in terms of book marketing. And I loved how you talk specifically about the nonfiction business book writer. So I was hoping that you could share some of your wisdom with my audience today, which they... It, it runs the gamut. There are nonfiction authors and fiction authors. So one of my questions will be, how is marketing a nonfiction book different from marketing a fiction book? But specifically, um, I wanted you to talk about your five-step process to help nonfiction authors succeed. Oh, are you talking about the uh, uh, for promotion specifically? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I help people with uh, conceiving book ideas i help them with the writing and i help them with uh with the promotion uh so we don't usually start with the promotion but when it comes time to promote a book um i there are so many possible tactics but i recommend that people think about this in terms of of five elements uh that you can remember by p q r s and t um the p is the positioning so to start you can't really promote the book until you know who the audience is and what question you're answering. That's the cue is the question that you're answering. So is this a book to help people uh, who are uh, changing their heating system in their house to be more efficient? Is this a book to help you understand how to use content marketing? Is this a book to help you be the CEO of a company in the age of artificial intelligence? Whatever that is, you need to know what that is to begin promoting. So that's the positioning and the question. And then the tactics go by R, S, and T. Um, R is reach. What are you going to do to find your way to as many people as possible? And that includes using your own social media channels, uh, connecting with people on podcasts like this, um, make putting together contributed articles that might appear as an op-ed, for example, in a newspaper, um, the S is spread. What are you going to do to help p- 
people who like your book to tell as many other people as possible. And that includes creating assets like uh, videos and infographics that people are inclined to share. And the T is timing because you can do all of this stuff over a period of two years, or you can do it over a period of two months. And uh, the key is that the person who's potentially interested in your book hears about it several times uh, because the first time they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then they forget. And then they hear about it again and they're like, oh, wait a minute. I remember that. Maybe I should get this book. And then they forget. And then they hear about it again and they're like, you know what? This is everywhere. I should I should get a copy. So uh, you want to focus your promotional activities, especially in a period about a month before and two months after the publication date. So you're not done on launch day? <laughs> Some people are done on launch day, but that's because their book isn't going anywhere. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, my book was published in June. Here we are in October, and I'm still uh, interested in, in making connections. Um, uh, I've I've heard from a couple of people who have very large podcast followers who've heard, heard about me from uh, smaller podcasts. So you can continue to promote it for you know a year after after the launch date but it's still worthwhile to try and focus as much as possible of your effort in the couple of months after the book is launched so you you help people i love that you dove right in with specific things yeah, that you yeah. can do so now everyone knows that you're an expert but for anybody <laughs> listening who says i yeah. need to hire this guy tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help authors and and maybe what the starting point is yeah um I'll point this out, and I think this is important for nonfiction authors in general. Um, if you look at the number of people who bought copies of my book, it's modest. But if you look at the number of people who, as a result of hearing about the book, reading about the book, and then have contacted me and said, I want your help, it's fantastic. I am I am right now in the midst of doing a uh, $70,000 ghostwriting job where the people said, oh, yeah, we talked to a bunch of other writers, but you wrote the book on this, so we should hire you. I'm nice. Like, okay. Good that's, for you. That's, uh, that paid off. So uh, what I do to help authors is uh, sort of falls into several categories. Um, the simplest thing I do uh, to help people get started is uh, idea development, and this is to work on a title, a subtitle, and a treatment for a nonfiction book. A treatment is maybe a page or a page and a half, and what it does is it focuses people from a general idea to sort of, okay, this is the specific thing I'm going to write about. The next step after that for people is to actually write a table of contents. And I really recommend that you do not try and write a table of contents until you know exactly what your idea is. Um, the other things I do are uh, I edit people's manuscripts. Um, and uh, about once per year, I can ghostwrite a book, but I am not capable of ghostwriting more than one book at a time. So that's that's a relatively expensive proposition and, and uh it's it's specific to people i can help out i mean i'm i'm uh working right now on idea development with a couple of really spectacularly talented uh women who are uh um uh, looking at writing a, a joint uh, autobiography and uh they need a ghostwriter but that's not me because I'm not really the right person to write about the experience of a woman in management. That's that's not something I understand. Um, I, I also do coaching, but I don't do that very much. And the reason is 
uh, coaches are incented to keep people dependent on them, right? Pay me every month, pay me every week. To, and, and I want to teach people the things they need to know so they can go off on their own. And uh, while I have enjoyed the coaching relationships I've had, um, that's not usually what I do. I usually help people solve a problem, whether it's editing the book or or uh, focusing on the idea or getting it ghostwritten and then uh, have them uh, go off on their own from that point forward. So you would say it was an hourly rate kind of situation or you take it you take it one by one based on the project? Um, you know, it's inter- an interesting question about the pricing. Um, uh, I will, uh, I'll, uh, give you a sort of tongue in cheek idea of how I price things. The, um, the, the idea development is a, like a package thing. And that's, um, about, uh, 4,000 bucks. The, the editing is highly dependent on how long is the manuscript and what kind of shape is it in as if it's a, in disastrous shape, it's obviously going to need more work than if it just needs a little polishing here and there. Uh, and when I try and estimate, uh, what I'm going to charge for things, I, figure out, I estimate the number of hours that it's going to take. I multiply that by a very healthy hourly rate. And then when I go and do it, it always takes twice as many hours as I think it will. Yep. So, Absolutely. so, so, uh, I never, I, I never budge on the price in the sense that if it's harder than I thought, I'm like, no, no, I said, I would do this for this price and the person deserves some certainty. Um, but that's another reason why I prefer not to do, uh, work by the hour is because, uh, that I work fast and I want to be rewarded for that. I don't want someone to say, oh, well, if you worked slower, you could get twice as much money. <laughs> no, nah, that's not really what I want to do. That's so refreshing and also great advice for all the experts who are writing nonfiction books that we're creating here, Josh. Yeah. So- so that's that's very good to know. Okay, so tell me about uh, the planning then for an author who's writing a nonfiction book, because a lot of the things that you're talking about, and I agree with you, there's so many things you can take advantage of before publication of the book. So when someone comes to you, you really want them at the stage where they have the book idea and you can help them, you can kind of help direct them into what that process is going to look like? Or do you help people who have already published a book and are still looking to promote it? Um, I generally don't help people who've already published a book and are ready to promote it because I'm not an expert in that. Um, I will refer you to various publicists that I've worked with who do a really good job on that. So you, at the beginning of that, you said, okay, what about the planning process? The the first thing when you set out uh, is to answer four questions about your book. One, who is the audience? Um, I'm, I'm helping somebody right now who said, oh, my audience is everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's no. common. Your audience yep. is a specific, you know, my audience is people who are uh, shy and need to build more confidence. Or my audience is people uh, who are looking to make a transition um, from uh, IT into marketing or whatever that happens to be. Um the second is, what's the question that they have? Because you, they need to have a particular problem that you're solving. Uh, the, the third thing is, what's your solution? What's your answer to that question? And you should be able to say that in a sentence or two. And the fourth thing is, what's your differentiation? So you, if you're writing a book, let's say you're writing a book on content marketing, which is very popular right now. Well, there's a thousand books on content marketing. Now, uh, the example I often use is a, a brilliant woman named Melanie Dietzel who wrote a book on content marketing called the Content Fuel Framework. 
and it is a 10 by 10 matrix of 10 focuses and 10 formats that give you 100 cells and you can just put ideas in each cell and basically end up with an unlimited number of content marketing ideas. Now, that's a very creative way to think about it. So that book is differentiated. And unless if you're going to write a book in a crowded field, I mean, right now, every single person I talk to is like, oh, I'm writing a book on AI. <laughs> well, how is it different from the other 716 books on AI that are in development right now? And unless you have a, a unique point of view, a unique perspective, a unique set of data you're basing it on, then it's really not worth the effort. Yeah, exactly. De differentiation yeah. hook. I call it a hook. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the things that I heard you say in the interview with Mr. Pontefract, Pontefract is yeah. that um, a book is the largest possible unit of content marketing. And you were just mm -hmm. speaking about content marketing. Can you explain that? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the, the basic equation of content marketing um, – and, you know, this has been out there for about 10 years now, so people have a pretty clear understanding of it. The basic equation is I'm going to have this content that I'm going to create that's useful, and I will post it up somewhere, and people will learn about that. They'll they'll search it. They'll find it, and then they'll think, oh, I should work with these people. Um, so whether your content marketing is about, uh, you know, how how to prepare your garden or whether your content marketing is about uh, how to manage the technology stack of all of your marketing, uh, the, this is the basic equation. Now, uh, a, a book, a nonfiction book, is the largest possible unit of that because it basically says, I know so much about topic X that I'm going to give you 40,000, 50,000, 70,000 words you know, 14 chapters, 20 chapters about exactly how to do those things. And then as a result of that, uh, you'll want to work with me. And that's exactly what happened with Build a Better Business book is that, that you know, I said I, I created that book because after working with dozens of authors, I'm like, they keep asking the same questions over and over again. I'm just going to put all the answers I know about how to do a cover and how to deal with copy editing and how to work with a co-author and which tools to use for writing and uh, how to choose a publishing path and all the other things. I'm just going to put that all in one place. And now people say, oh, I need to know how to do this. If they read the book and they're happy, I'm delighted. They read the book and they're happy and then they say, well, wait a minute, this is interesting what you said about focusing on your idea, but I'm not sure I can do that on my own. Sure, I'll help you out to do that. I love it. I love it. And I, in, in the beginning of the interview, you talked about how the book is really part of your business, but really it's catapulted your consulting, your expertness. And I think that's mm. new for a lot of authors, especially nonfiction authors. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how maybe you can develop your book into a career? Well, I most of the people who are writing nonfiction books have a desire to turn that into their career. Um, uh, the the uh, I did a survey and the results of that survey are in the book of over 200 nonfiction authors. And I, one of the questions I said is, why did you write a book? The number one reason was to share the knowledge that I had. 
So this is a case where people say, all right, I know more about X, Y, and Z than anybody else, or I know about this specific twist on that, and I'm going to put all that information into a book. And as a result of that, they uh, they feel compelled to get that out there, but it has the effect of elevating you from yet another pr- practitioner to, okay, you are the acknowledged expert in this space. Um, now, that depends on how valid the book is. If you're like, oh, I did two marketing campaigns. Now I'm going to write a book on how to run a marketing campaign. Now, sorry, you need a lot more knowledge than that. And it also has to do with how well you promote it and get it out there. But if you put the energy behind it, it can elevate you and you end up getting speaking gigs and uh, consulting gigs based on being the acknowledged expert in that space. Yeah, I find a lot that authors are not sure about marketing you know, they, they know how to write the book and their creative juices flow in the writing. But when it comes to the book marketing, they get intimidated because they feel that I don't know this. It's a whole new discipline. It's a whole new thing. And I don't have time to learn something new. And yeah. is there any way to get over I, that hump? Well, I there's there's a few things you can do. It's funny. I'm I'm working with an author right now who is brilliant um, and uh, uh, she said, well, I, I'm not sure uh, what to do about the marketing section of my book proposal. And then she put something together and I'm like, wow, this is the best marketing section nice. I've ever read. But she had all these incredible assets. And that basically is where you start. What are your assets? Do you regularly publish a column somewhere like Forbes or the Wall Street Journal or a Harvard Business Review online? Do you have an ongoing uh speaking schedule are you presenting at, at industry conferences do you have you know twenty five thousand followers on threads or a hundred thousand followers on instagram um are you i mean i i one author i worked with were like geez you don't really have a whole lot of marketing assets and then he lets drop that because <laughs> of the company he worked for he had the ability to to put 10 million uh, remnant impressions in front of people every month. Uh, you know, he basically had leftover ad space and I'm like, Whoa. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So that's, don't tell me you got nothing. That's something awesome. So really it is a question of just looking at your assets. And I think it also relates to your friends. If you aren't very visible, but, uh, you know, Daniel Pink is your best buddy or your brother-in-law <laughs> is the publisher of Forbes, then right. perhaps you have an asset that right. you can leverage there. I find the same thing talking to clients. It's so funny. Once you get it out of them and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, my, my girlfriend's husband is, you know, head of a network. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's going to be helpful for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we have to let you go here, we're we're in really good shape. Um, the question about publishing industry. So you've published so many books and co-authored different books. And by the way, I need to ask you about the one that's behind you in the audience. Obviously, can't see it, but yeah. writing without bullshit. Need to ask yes. you about that one. <laughs> okay. But but, uh, but yeah, I'm just curious your thoughts on the publishing industry and how it's changed. I imagine you've published books over a a period of time where you've seen a lot of change and what you think of it now. So uh, it used to be that the only reasonable way to get into print was to get a contract with a traditional publisher. And I have done that 
several times with books that I co-authored and also helped uh, other people to do that. So if you're going to do that, you need to uh, write a extensive book proposal. And the other challenge with that is that if you are fortunate enough to get a publishing contract, you'll get an advance, which is great. You get tens of thousands of dollars up front, and then you'll probably have to wait a year and a half uh, to get your book published. And a lot of people are too impatient for that. That portion of at least the uh, the business book space is contracting a little. Um, McGraw-Hill uh, just shut down. It's They are no longer acquiring new business books. Um, and, of course, there are these mergers taking place. And uh, was it, I guess it was uh, Simon & Schuster was uh, acquired by a uh, um, um, uh, private equity company. That doesn't really tend to happen when there's going to be a lot of expansion. So it, it is a challenge. Um, but there are other alternatives now. So Writing Without Bullshit, for example, was published by a traditional publisher, while uh, Build a Better Business book, my most recent book, was published by a hybrid publisher. So what's a hybrid publisher? They are a publisher that you hire to produce your book, and you don't get an advance. And in fact, you have to pay money, typically tens of thousands of dollars, to do that. But uh, if the book sells a lot, you'll actually come out ahead because of much, much higher royalty rates. Um, and you get a professional job done. Two of the books that I ghost wrote, one for the CEO of an AI company and one for uh, senior executives at a, uh, um, a marketing services company, were published that way. And they were successful for, for their authors. Um, um, I'll just say right now that uh, the, the publisher, hybrid publisher I chose for Build a Better Business book is Amplify. And uh, they are... They do a really solid job after doing the two ghost written books with them. I'm like, okay, these are legit people and uh, uh, reasonable prices. Um, you can also, of course, self-publish. And I, if you work with fiction authors, I'm sure a lot of them are self-publishing. It is pretty easy to take a manuscript, pay a few thousand bucks, um, and get it of it to be available on Amazon as a paperback. Uh, and um, that's, you know, I I know a lot of fiction authors are like, oh, I do two of those a year. I do three of those a year. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work to me. <laughs> um, the the challenge for nonfiction authors is that it is very hard to take a self-published book like that and stand out from the crowd. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an option. And uh, the other thing about it is that there are many, 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 uh, I'd say, you know, shady people in that space uh, that do results that don't come out so great. One of the best uh, options I've seen there is a, a place called Gatekeeper Press. Um, they do they do a pretty reasonable job of what they say, but in the end, you're going to have a self published book, and that will have less of an impact. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you explaining the, the hybrid yeah. publishers. It just seems like yeah. that that space has so many different types of hybrid publishers. Yeah. Well, um, for nonfiction authors, uh, if you look in my book, I've listed uh, four or five of them that I consider to be solid and dependable options. Um, there's Amplify, my own publisher. Idea Press um, uh, is a, another one. Um, uh, 
there's uh wonder wells a little bit more motivational books there um uh page two in canada does a pretty solid job um and these are these are hybrid publishers that i've worked with that do a good job if you if you are uh open to paying uh on for every little bit and piece then you can work with forbes books or or Greenleaf, they're a little more expensive options, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but they do do a reasonable job. Outside of that, it's a wild west out there. Yeah, and you might find somebody that's good. It, really, the main thing to do is don't work with anyone unless you have an author that you trust who's already worked with them and had a positive result. Because there are so many people who say they're a hybrid publisher and then. Yeah, you end up getting frustrated with the work that they do. Right. And how important is it that you own your book when you go with a hybrid publisher in the end as part of the contract? Um, all hybrid publishers that are legit will have the uh, the copyright owned by the author. And in fact, that's common really even with traditional publishers. No publishers these days insist on uh, keeping the copyright. But one of the things that hybrid publishers will do for you is you, since you're actually paying to print the books, um, if you do print on demand, you can avoid that. But if you are actually paying to print the books, you own the inventory, which means if you call them up and say, Hey, would you send me two, would you send 200 books to this place where I'm speaking? They're going to charge you for shipping, but. Right. They're your books. You can do whatever you want with them. Yep. You know, so uh, that that's what you get with a hybrid publisher. Whereas if you were working with a traditional publisher, yes, you got an advance up front. But if you make that same request, one, you they may not respond very quickly. And two, if they do, they're going to say, oh, your author price per book is thirteen dollars. Now you're you're not paying the list price, but that's an awful lot of money to pay to get those books there. Sure is. Yeah. It almost sounds like mm-hmm. a traditional uh, distributor, what the traditional extri- distributors of old used to do. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So uh, I'm I'm happy to answer what else, whatever else you think people need to know. What's the last question? <laughs> that's on your mind? Yeah. Here. So basically, I was wondering how important do you think it is that authors understand the publishing industry? Um, I don't think you need to understand the publishing industry. And part of the reason for that is because it is impossible to understand the publishing industry. Um, it's always changing. But you need to understand the portions of it that you interact with. Um, if you're doing traditional publishing, you want to get an agent because they understand the industry and they can advise you on everything from, you know, how do I deal with author copies to uh, should I believe them when they say they're going to help market my book? The answer is no, you shouldn't. But uh, and uh, if you are, uh, if you're, you know, if you're getting out there, you need to know. Uh, you know, your your a hybrid publisher is a good example of somebody who can help you. They know about distribution, and they know about eBooks, and they know about audiobooks, and they know about about uh, hardback versus paperback, and costs, and print on demand versus versus uh, printing ahead of time, and and you know how long things will take, and copy editing, and all of the rest of that stuff. And that's why it's so important to have a really good partner uh, in your publisher because they will understand the publishing industry for you. In the end. The only purpose of the publishing industry is to get your ideas out into the public 
And if you can succeed with that, all the rest of the details, you can get one of these partners, a hybrid publisher or an agent or a traditional publisher to help you with. That's such such great advice and a great, great place to stop. We've been speaking with Josh Burnoff. He is the author of his, his latest book is Build a Better Business Book, How to Plan, Write, and Promote a Book That Matters. He is also someone that you can hire for his expertise if you're interested. You can find him at Burnoff, B-E-R-N-O-F-F.com, and I'll have that information in the show notes. Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Claudine. It's been great to talk with you. (laughs) Nice to talk to you. And you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. You've been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Walk, my Substack account, claudinewalk.substack.com. Sign up for my newsletter today.